Vocation Guy and Egg White. Welcome to Woke Asian Guy with Egg White, episode 30. I'm Egg White. I'm doing all right. Are you doing all right? No, not really. Not? That, that, things are pissing me off more and more. Just every single day, something crops up. You, you think the world is changing, people are changing, everyone's like evolving and developing, but no, everyone's still a complete twat. So I'll give you one example. A couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine, a white guy, not a problem. This is why I need to talk to you about it so you can sort of understand and explain to me the situation. So he recommended to me... Hang on, hang on. Am I, am I your token? No, 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 no. You're not the token. You're just the benchmark of making me understand what the fuck is going on. You're the eyes and ears of the people I don't understand. Because I can't ask this guy what I'm about to explain to you. I can't ask him why he thinks that way. So as a proxy, I'm asking you. And I've known him for years. And I banter with him. He's always recommending shows. I recommended him a show. And I thought I'd turn around. And I, I said to him, why don't you like watch HBO's A Black Lady Sketch Show? And he just looked at me and goes, no. He just sticks with friends. And I was just thinking, he doesn't want to open his eyes. That's, you know, a double masters. I thought he'd actually be quite diverse. And also, open his friends, friends finished 17 years ago. But to be honest, people still watch it. But his mindset was still, no, I want to stay in the safe six white people in this unachievable New York love palace. Okay, why? Why do you reckon he, with a double masters, who should know better, doesn't want to dip his toe into diverse programming. Do you think he's too scared? I mean, he just sounds like a bit of a That's me. No, no offence to your friend. Because... Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> is, is, is that the best you can actually, like, sort of advise me well, on? Well, because, so, so it's episode 30, yeah, and, and I'm doing all right. Thanks for asking, by the way. Um, oh, yeah, that, yeah. That's fine. I've become more accepting and resigned to the fact that I will forever be a sidekick. So, just... so... Technically, does that make me the brown Batman and you the white Robin? And egg white. Yeah, yeah, basically. basically. But the thing is, do you, have you watched the Black Lady Sketch Show, which I've recommended to you as well? I don't listen to what, what, you, what you tell me. Oh, okay. If, if I recommended to you a Black Lady Sketch Show, would you watch it? Or would yeah. you think, oh, no, that's out of my comfort zone? You have recommended some absolute howlers. I'm more likely to to go with Rotten Tomatoes, which is 100%, and Amazon, which is five out of five, than than your recommendation. So, I mean, to be honest, can I just throw this back in your face, just very politely? So you recommend safe white comedy to me, and with famous talented comics. So you recommended to me a film called Breaks. <laughs> oh my God, you're still not over this. I still have not got over this. So we've had this conversation offline. And you've just made me realise, because obviously the thing, the whole Black Lady sketch show, we, we're sort of learning as we go along. And I'm sort of learning as we speak, basically. And you recommend, OK, you explained to me exactly what the crux of the uh, film was. OK, so in, in that time that you were just sort of ranting, I basically just managed to watch about three sketches. Oh. <laughs> and and y y it looks it looks pretty pretty bloody good oh it's very yeah i mean it's incredibly funny it's c -c 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 -c. i tell you something now obviously i've bastardized that bit and made it very unfunny but that's the story of my life what was what was the crux of breaks it was i mean do we have to go here yes we do have to go here because you recommended something outside of my comfort zone and i realized that comfort zone is sort of a bit of a dark area it's a very bizarre physical comedy thing where 
the comics were let loose without any kind of direction to do what they wanted, and they just weird did some weird pantomime. Um, have, have you just watched another three sketches while I'm ranting again? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So I'm going to admit something here to you live on the show, exclusive, that I've watched breaks since. Oh, you have? Yeah. I've watched, uh, a couple of, I've watched it a couple of times since. It's not quite as good as the first time that I watched it, and... I think I might have just been a bit excited that I'd, I'd sort of had never heard of it before when watching it the first time. And that kind of level of excitement and anticipation kind of added to the enjoyment and pleasure of the film. But I could see what they were doing with the... Because you, you, what really annoyed you was the fact that the, the video quality was really bad. You could see what they were doing is, as, as things, you know, the characters' kind of relationships kind of broke down... No, they, no, 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 no. You tried to turn into a New York no, Times film no, critic. No, no, no. But as each of the characters' relationships broke down, then the different formats that they were being filmed on, the quality got wor- worse and worse just to kind of like emphasize the uh, just ha- how kind of distorted things were becoming. So I kind of I got a bit carried away and distracted. And that test technical, te- I was going to say testicle aspect. With that, with that testicle aspect, with that technical aspect, sorry. New cinema format, like it. I, I got a bit carried away with that. Your your argument of like the relationship breaking down and the quality and all that, right? I just looked on Wikipedia after one phoning you up and threatening to punch you. That's how bad it was. Then I checked on Wikipedia. The reason why the quality is different is because they shot the film in whatever year it was on SD. They abandoned it. Then they got some more funding to finish it off, and the rest of the filming was done in HD. So. You can look at the artistic value, but it was a simple fact that they basically shot half the film in SD and the other half in HD. That was all yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. So, but, you, so. but you saw something else into it, which no one else ever did. Yeah, I was trying to see something which wasn't really there. Would you recommend that? I would. I would recommend it to you still, because pleasure it gave me, just how uncomfortable it made you watching and the text messages the barrage of like abusive text messages that that you sent whilst watching things like i want to punch my own face <laughs> no 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 i'm no, going no. to i'm going to gouge my eyeball out now no no i i've removed my face i went more severe i wanted to punch myself in the cock that's how bad it was in fairness the cast in it is brilliant they're excellent individual performers but they were just like given free reign to do if Steve Coogan was given free reign to do what he wanted, he would have gone off-piste and gone everywhere. But he had these, he had his co-owner and a writer for his production company who kept him on the same path. That's why Steve Coogan's quality of output is incredible because he stays focused. Have you seen the Have you seen the Danny Dyer Danny Dyer? Have you seen a Danny Dyer film called Run for Your Wife? No. It's it is again. I'll put a link to the show notes to some illegal upload that someone's put on YouTube. That's how bad it is. It's awful it is incredible again i can see why my friend is too scared to go down watching a black lady sketch show the same way i'm very scared to watch <laughs> middle brow white people's comedy because basically it's, it's based on a famous stage play and danny died produced it in good in good faith on making like a charity you know the money the profits would go on to charity if it made any it had some of the cream of the crop of British English talent, and it was awful. It is it, it just. I mean, I mean, it, it, can, it's, can I just can I just as, do my Christopher Biggins very quickly? Yeah. yeah. 
Christopher Biggins, along with a huge amount of cast, were in it. Now, Christopher Biggins, Biggins has always been camp, but it's like they put him, they fed him like steroids to make him ultra camp. He became beyond camp. You don't need Christopher Biggins to be any more camp than he actually is, but they did. As, as uninteresting as this conversation is, right, I think we should try and rein it back to your initial point because I don't really know what you're trying to say. So, so well, you're. Man, my, your, my initial your point other is, white friend, your other white friend, because apparently I'm not your only white friend, which I'm a little bit offended by. You're so in the top five. Your your other your other white friend, he only really likes safe white comedy. He's know. upper middle class with two masters. And why would watching the Black Lady sketch go? Why, yeah. why would that make him feel uncomfortable? It has been a valid conversation we've had for the last ten minutes. Is the fact that I I now see his point. Think, looking what? out of the box, he wants to stay in his safe zone of watching his kind of brand of not offensive I just wanted my brain to shut down and laugh comedy whereas I want to just stay with the edgy stuff and when it goes to this mainstream broad comedy I can't do it so next time you recommend broad safe comedy I don't think I will be able to stomach watching it everyone should stay in their lane everyone should stay in their lane yes they should not try to basically experience different things isn't that cool is that really what you you want to the, the the message of the show you want to say that everyone should stay in their lane aspiring kind of writers comics creatives is that, is that what you're saying pretty much i mean if you have so experience... people from 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 a, an underprivileged background should just stay in their lane and then that means that they probably won't get out of their lane and then things stay the same yeah. are you but they're are, are you are you are you the most liberal conservative am i talking to nick clegg <laughs> am i actually talking to nick clegg now this sounds really, really weird. I'm, I'm, honestly, this is the most schizophrenic conversation I think I think I've probably ever had. Where well, you're telling someone, and as your friend, surely telling people to stay in their lane is actually the the most unwokest thing that you could say. So, hence, when I said before it's that not, I am a, a sidekick to a man who is full on midlife crisis, a, a pseudo woke Asian guy, which is kind of off brand well no and, no, and, no, and, no, and it's, as it's, your as one of your brand ambassadors i think i think we need to to you know reassess what you've just said and nothing will change and everything will stay the same and that is what you're fighting against it, no, it's through the prism of one thing watching breaks no no everyone should have a path for them to develop so you got dave Chappelle that goes straight to black lady sketch show and before that was richard Pryor. that's technically staying in your lane but you see the comedy developing and all that so if you look at that prism go oh safe broad sitcom there safe broad i don't know drama or something out there it should it will just make people angry if i've, I've done, got my friend i've got nothing hold on hold on hold on hold on i've got nothing against safe broad sitcom actually i do i do but in in this in this argument i'm going to say that i don't there's nothing so much about a safe broad sitcom what you should be saying to your friend even if you even if you're advising him to stick in his lane as you put it and stick with the safe broad sitcoms Surely just, just advise on another safe board sitcom that's been released in the last 17 years because there's been a f***ing shitload of them. That's what I'm going to do. I don't know what they are, but I'm going to Google it because I've, I've barely watched Friends. I barely, I've barely, never watched Seinfeld, which is actually really bad. But... But, you know what? I think for me to get the absolute answer, and I, I know I hear you, I see what you're saying about people not experiencing, I'm going to have a watch party. That's the new thing now. 
everyone's having watch parties and all that, right? So I'm going to get my safe double masters friend and sit down with him and watch a whole episode of the Black Lady sketch show and secretly film him. Because I'm going to see if he just gets really uncomfortable. I think he's just going to be uncomfortable going, oh, because there's a lot of kind of racial kind of like comedy playing against stereotypes and all that. And I think he just literally just doesn't know whether to laugh or Take not. Take Grace out of it. Does does he? Do you think he actually finds find women funny? Or do you, re- do you reckon he's? Oh just, yeah, no, no, he, he finds women funny. Reckon, I mean, do you reckon he's just intimidated by smart, funny women? Oh no, definitely not. No, I, I, I think because I've met I think a lot edgy of comedy. I know oh, there's edgy comedy. I think he just doesn't. His brain can't process edgy comedy close to the bone. The same way I can't process safe. Like films like Breaks, which is like a safe, you know, quirky, quirky comedy. I was like, I, I, just, I don't know. I felt, I felt uncomfortable watching no, no, that. No, but I think, I think you're right. I because because like let, Breaks isn't. Let's 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 forget Breaks. Let's forget Breaks ever existed. I can't because get that out of my mind. It's for, seared forget, into my mind because because it, it, it's not going to help any anyone with with anything. You know, it, it was it was basically probably. Funded by mummy and daddy's trust uh, fund, trust yeah. fund who, who put who put them through film school, and then they came out of film school and they would just linger around the house. So they basically just threw them what fifty or sixty grand to uh, to make a film, buy a camera, and uh, and just get out of it under from under their feet. Uh, I think that's basically how it breaks was made. Now, if I'm wrong, then I take everything back, and you might have to bleep a lot of this because it's probably. <laughs> Disclaimer, the filmmakers who made Brace worked hard to get the funding in place and in no way was inherited wealth used to fund this quirky comedy. So don't ghost us when we're in Soho House. Count regards to Julius Barrett Fan Club. Oh, there's going to be a lot of bleeping. Can I just do... uh, This one I can't talk about. Uh, Ball bags, right? The following off-the-record story is controversial and funny and not suitable to broadcast. Also, they will sue the living shit out of us. God bless self-censorship. And I'm talking about you, Shane Gillis, a gentleman we will be talking about soon. Sorry, I digress. Sorry, is there anything else? You still feel that no one should stay in their lane. They should expand their horizons to different genres. Because I disagree. But surely that's a very unwoke thing for the the woke Asian guy to say. I know, it's a very unwoke thing to say, but it's a very me thing to say after breaking down everything in my mind. But you're the woke Asian guy? Yes, by name. But sometimes you can only push the wokeism so far before you go, whoa, whoa, there's a bit of a pushback here. Some people are not willing to change. I don't, I don't think you're understanding the brand of woke Asian guy, are you? You're not understanding where you're... I understand me. So basically, by by calling yourself woke Asian guy, you're actually deceiving people because you're not... I'm not, really, not oh, you're not really not, woke. You are, less... you, are, you are a guy and you are Asian, but you're not really woke. So oh, no, you, could no, just, no. you could just call yourself... The slightly peculiar Asian guy. Slightly peculiar Asian guy. And egg white. Hey, in fact, I might change it to that. No, no, no. Basically, I'm like every other politician. I just say, I make a bold statement that I'm woke Asian guy, but there's certain things which I think, no, go back on. To give you an example, look, look at LL Cool J, right? It stands for Ladies Love Cool James, right? He's yeah. now married. He's got kids. Ladies don't really love him anymore because he's an actor and does all that. But he still keeps the name. Does he need to change his name now and just call himself James? <laughs> he still call... uses LL Cool J. Or, or just Cool James. Yeah, cool. Okay, cool. Well, not, not really cool. He's like, like he's older than me. So, you know, he's in his 50s now. So I'm, I'm going to still stick with Woke Asian Guy, even though a lot of the concepts are actually very not 
as woke as they should be. But I can set the agenda because it's me. And this is the Woke Asian Guy podcast. Yes, simple as that. And are you going to make me watch? Are, you, are we going to do a watch list of something that's very safe? When you say it's safe, what you, you you just mean what? What, do you, what can we just classify what you mean by safe? Unoffensive comedy, something where like someone trips over a banana skin and falls over, and they all laugh, and no one gets hurt or punched in the head. You say you say you don't like that, right? But if if, if I was to fall over a banana skin in real life, you'd probably piss yourself. It's watching your friend fall flat on his ass and point and laugh. If I fell on the banana skin, you would probably laugh for five whole minutes while this um, middle-aged, overweight Asian guy's on the floor trying to get up discreetly in public. <laughs> it's as simple as that. We, we do not want success. We want other people to fail. That's what it is. That's, that's a, I think that's, the, really, that's the, the most unwokest, wokest statement you've ever said. Oh, you know, very You're, true. Maybe we should rebrand as the ironic woke Asian guy. Ironic woke Asian guy and egg white. You know what? That might be the best thing. I don't think it should be too obvious. I think I think that the cover will be blown. Basically, the fact that I have no f-ing clue what I'm talking about half the time, and anyway, people will start to know that. I think we should just take a moment to uh, to just appreciate ourselves. But you know, you are Cato to my Green Hornet. I'm I'm fucking fat fingered that's talking a load of fucking cock. And you're the one in the background, sort of putting me back in my place, essentially, very quietly and very subtly. I think you should always continue to put me down, because then, then, then that way, like, like with everything, the uh, the psychic is always smarter than the, the main character. Well, then technically, well, in this case, that's actually true. So you and your kung fu skills. So the other thing I want to talk about, I mean, I sent you the list about Shane Gillis. It's an old story, but I think it's still relevant. But you know about Shane Gillis? Not really, no. But did you read the bit and watch the YouTube link? It, you it, did. it wasn't a hyperlink, was it? You can't but, copy and paste. But yeah, but who puts a link in a document and doesn't make it a hyperlink? This is 2021. It, it, I needs, didn't to really... it needs to be there instantly so people can just click on it. I, I mean, didn't realise this was embed an it official. Into I didn't realise this was a pseudo-business document I had to send you where it was actually supposed to be of ease. I thought yes. you could just simply copy and paste it into to a, a browser. If I'm looking I, if I'm looking at it out and about on my phone, then I'm not gonna go uh, copy and then however long this this bloody string is. Because no one does that. No no one does that. If you want I, someone if this this is why we're probably not very good on the socials because we we're not really good very good with just clickable kind of like watchable content. Yeah, do you remember uh, our Instagram handle? Do you remember that? In order to get to our podcast you'd have to click on the link that is in Instagram that goes to the fuzzydice.co.uk website, plug. And from there, you'd have to click on one of the actual posts that I do there. So you click on that, then you can actually go straight to the podcast. So yeah, we made it incredibly difficult for ourselves for anyone to even give a shit to check out our work. I like that. But I mean, obviously we're discussing admin within, within the company. <laughs> yeah. You're discussing admin on the show where everyone else, is, well, everyone's clicked off like 15, 20 minutes ago anyway. That's fine. They've moved on to the, you know, you know, the National Trust podcast probably gets more listeners than us. And all they talk about is trees. All type of trees. All trees. Oh, God, don't you start. So, 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 but, but to answer your question, of course, I've actually, I've actually seen, you know, maybe not as particular fit, but but of course, I've actually seen Shane Gillis from Saturday Night Live controversy because you, that's the only thing you ever talk about. Well, I found it a very interesting thing. So, okay, just to give context to anyone listening who's never heard of Shane Gillis, 
is the fact that he had he basically had his own podcast with this other guy, which everyone else did, and talking bollocks as they do, you know, testing out their comedy material. But there's one notorious bit where they basically slagged off Chinatown, Chinese people, and Chinese food. Now that's if you can do it in a Ricky Gervais style where you can offend people, but everyone's in on the joke and you don't take it seriously. But when you actually, and I'll put the link in the show notes because I think it should be there for posterity is the fact that they didn't, they didn't come across as funny. They just came off as just very, very bitter and angry. And the fact that it's like this whole kind of like group of people and they go to, and and they they put in all these kind of things like, yeah, they're called noodles, neuters. Yeah, go down neuters. And they're just like making impressions of them, telling, saying Chinatown shit. And I, uh, this is a discussion I want with you. Ah, comedy or what? Is the fact that we censor the f***ing shit out of everybody, out of all of our podcasts. But what do you think made them just do it and think they can get away with it? Well, so it's, it's quite a lot to unwrap there, isn't there? So, f- firstly, with Ricky Gervais' comedy, right? I, I'm a fan of Ricky Gervais. I think he's, he's very talented and very, and, uh, and very funny. Yeah. But his his brand of comedy, and I know what he's doing, is is he kind of... He's saying, "Look at me! I'm kind of wink- winking at you in a kind of knowing sense, because then you're you're aware that this is a joke, and what I'm saying is a joke, and it's not it's not to be taken seriously." Now, it d- does beg the question, and you do have to ask: Is that okay? Is that still okay? If it's like, okay, does that mean that that I can, it, I can say something really, really outrageous and probably quite 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 offensive, if I then kind of go, <laughs> "I was only joking." I was only joking. Does that, does that make it less offensive? Does that make does that really make it okay? Does it mean yeah? I, I'm I'm all for the fact that you know, like on comedy, you kind of you're you're there to say something which is which is an a, a difference of opinion, and it's there to challenge to challenge the status quo. I'm all for that, but then I can also see the argument of when when someone of as as successful as as he is, if you can. If you you're there and you're taking you're taking the mick out of someone or something, and you know you're saying quite harsh things, but then you kind of go, yeah, but I'm joking, I'm joking, because <laughs> so could could I then say like the most you know foulest? Does that does that give me the right to say just you know the, the, like this Shane Gillis thing in Chinatown? If they were to, if they were to say all of the comments that they've just said about 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 with Chinatown and and and, and you know, the, the the all the comments that they did mention, if they were to say at the end of that, but of course, I'm being ironic, right? <laughs> would that make it? Would that would that have made them like not be cancelled, or would they still have been cancelled? I think they still probably would be cancelled because you because the what is it's their performance and how they talk about it. They were coming across as like bitter and angry and really pissed off and quite shit. But, but so, isn't, isn't, isn't so, that, isn't so right that at the, the end whole... you go, oh, the irony. Yeah, but isn't that the whole Gervais persona, the whole Gervais persona that, that he plays on stage is it's of one that he's, he's, very, he's very kind of angry and kind it's... of, you know, like... Yeah. yeah, very good. But Ricky Gervais, even he says it himself, it's a very fine line. He just coasts down. And he comes across as like, you know, some things that annoy him and confuse him. And he's like trying to explain and understand. But just, I, I, again, I don't actually know. But he doesn't, okay, Gervais does not come across as bitter and angry. He doesn't come across as like he's pissed off with certain kind of things. He's just laying it in a one of those, in a comedy kind of like style. So I, again, I think, 
I think it's I think it's 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 such you know like I think being obviously quite risque is is a really positive thing, and that's all all the comedy that both of us like and and grew up watching and like to this day is is you know like is questioning stuff. And and like like I said before, it's questioning that status quo, you know. Oh, and I and that, I and that, I think that, and I think I think that's a very positive thing. But there you go, of, you've answered it. Basically, yeah. Question: They didn't actually question anything. They just basically made a bold statement about how much Chinatown, you know, this and that and all that. I think it, if you're doing that, it kind of it gets to that sort of like sort of brash arrogance and kind well, of, and basically mindset of like oh yeah look look we're we're professional comedians that we get paid that you know this is what we do for a living you know if you, if you work on your material if, you, if you're doing a standard routine it's 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 generally something which is very polished and very worked and very precise whereas a podcast is a bit more kind of instant and so you can kind of you know you go on and you, you you're a bit more of yourself and so therefore if this is actually what what shane gillis and this other guy are like then you know they aren't particularly nice people they're not saying it you know to to in in kind of like a yeah in kind of this this is we're sending up people who actually say this for real about the about about chinatown they're actually saying it for real about about, about that's that's chinatown. what they came across like you know, there wasn't what, any yeah, kind that, of nudge nudge wink wink they filmed it as well as recorded the podcast so on youtube you can actually see them talking about it so you see the expressions on their faces and it's like i mean you've got andrew dice clay the famous New York comic. He's just offensive to everybody. But everyone knew he was offensive. You went there to be offended. And there's a famous live show he done where he just basically pissed off everybody. People were leaving the theater because he just picked on them and just slagged them off. And that's what you get with that. But with Shane Gillis, you just sort of just two guys talking and just basically two guys in a pub talking about how much how, how shit Chinatown is. Chinese food no, but the thing that basically to run it back all the stuff that we've done for 29 episodes we actually heavily edit and heavily clean up and we actually self-censor to the point that isn't your wasn't your mum one of the censor managers at one point yeah so your mum god bless hello, her hello mum <laughs> she really listens to this she'll comment if she's unhappy your mum is amazing and never she, met her but I'm sure she's amazing she, she listens bring up to, a fine listens, lad like you she listens all the way through Oh, okay. Anyway, we released a podcast and your mum just sort of called you up and you told me about it. And she goes, are you sure you want to have those names uncensored on that show? Then you basically had a shit hemorrhage and got me to swap it out. Do you know what I mean? It's like someone, they should have been a, Shane Gillis's mum should have just phoned him up and just gone, mate, mate, you're sort of like doing this thing and it's quite offensive because we eat in Chinatown. And look, you're about to get onto Saturday Night Live and there's there's a person of colour who's just on Saturday Night Live and you've pissed him off as well as the entire Chinatown people. And this is what I love. He Recently, he's been going on other people's quote-unquote cancelled podcasts talking about how he was cancelled after, after what he said. On that note, I just want to, uh, because obviously push, pushing the brand of the work Asian guy, I just want to, uh, want to push right now that um, I think it's a good point to talk about the Woke Asian Guy live experience, which is uh, the show called Soon to Be Cancelled, and that will be coming to a street corner 
Exactly. <laughs> we're, a street corner near you. I mean, we 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 get to find we get to find a venue. But are you what, pimping what, me out like a Belgian hooker? But once once we yeah, what's, but, what's but, happening? Possibly. But once we have found a a venue, then yeah, the soon to be cancelled show, which is let's be honest, isn't really a title. It's probably a statement or a matter of fact. That <laughs> or is or is some scatty kind of like brain fart that i normally do anyway which is fine i mean i'm too scared to ever release a podcast uncut because people will just realize how <laughs> how digressive everything is and how libelous oh yeah if, the libelous thing or, except, or, it, except about 70 percent of our conversations are but the thing is okay it's libelous and we censor quite a lot of people and quite a lot of references that could place people to something but we have to keep uncensored the word piers morgan the fact that he's such he's, he's it's all about me, 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 me. If we the fact that if we just basically leave his name on this, say Piers Morgan, hopefully he'll just retweet us and just say something stupid and just like then then go into this weird anti woke rant as he always does. I can't believe we're actually trying to get promotion from Piers Morgan. Oh god. Um, um, do you know anyone? Do you remember anyone who's been filmed? Oh f me. Who's that guy that was in Seinfeld who basically was at the comedy one of the comedy places in, in LA? And just went into a massive racist rant, which I'd never do. Don't get me wrong. And, and it'd be ironic if I did. But yeah, we don't want that kind of situation happening. Was it Michael Richards? Do you remember that? You're, so you're not going to go into a, into a rant you're, because it's going to be, it's going to be fin finessed and gets going to be polished. You're well, going to know, you're going to know what you're going to say. And, and even, even the, you know, the uh, off the cuff moments will be rehearsed the yeah, shit but, out. Yeah, but you know the difference between me and Michael Richards? Uh, two million dollars yeah maybe more it's the fact that he's basic i am just basically mr straight laced middle of the road i have you know i don't get have like mental breakdowns of like crying and all that kind of thing because i look at everything practically he found success in seinfeld couldn't find any success in his solo show doing live comedy with his money admittedly then he's trying to claw into that success then he has basically a meltdown on stage then walks off then he goes on to letterman and apologizes then cries then people laugh in the audience when he's trying to apologise, because people find it, then Seinfeld himself has to say to the audience, don't laugh. I've just given basically Michael Richards' Wikipedia page for the last eight years. I apologise for that. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that, actually. Uh, oh, no, because I'm not going to lose my shit on stage. That's what I think. I might get a bit sad when you start shouting at me. Going, Make it funny! Make it funny! Half of it will be fine. It will be funny. It, it will be very, very funny. And that, and obviously the shouting part, that would have happened behind closed doors in, in the rehearsal stage. And so by the time, you, you know, we, we'll be a well-oiled machine by the time we, we, we do, we drop that first live show. Okay. In a room above. Let's be, let's be honest, let's be honest, it's probably going to be in a room above a pub. Yeah. In, Can I give you a quick story time? Yeah. Quick story time of basically, the, uh, it's actually a friend of mine who doesn't listen to podcasts or anything. So, and he doesn't listen to anything that we do. What's his Which name? Which is fine. Uh, I'll call him Mr. X. I no, don't want to give his name away. I know. Basically, he'd done an Edinburgh show. He wanted to get into comedy. He wanted to do an Edinburgh show. And he partnered up with this guy. And they did a couple of shows in London, but not enough to actually like practice enough. But, and this is what might happen to you and me, was the fact that they got to their show and their, sh their show wasn't working. They didn't practice it enough. And it was just dying in front of the audience. And... The thing that got me the most was the fact that he was, he was backstage with his comedy partner 
And his partner, this is, I think, very serious. And this is what make, makes or breaks Edinburgh. And you've done it yourself. Is the fact that they were backstage and the partner, he started like started crying and breaking down. He goes, I can't go on. I can't go on. And my mate just started having a nervous breakdown as well, going, you can go on. If you don't go on, I'm going to fucking kill you. Just fucking get on. After about five days of that, they actually got really good. So, so exactly. And that's a point which I think, yeah, so who is another friend of yours who uh, makes a very valid point where where she says the whole point of the fringe is, is basically not to, you know, nowadays people kind of take up a very, very polished show that's been, you know, finessed and day day one of the fringe, you know, you see exactly the same show that you do on day 30. Yeah, at the end at the end of August, and and obviously the whole you know the the the, the spirit of the fringes. You kind of you go up and 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 yeah, for the first the first week or so, or maybe even the first two weeks, is it's it's such an, an evolution and such a learning curve of of what the show will, will be. Just just going going up with with you know just just in a way just kind of a, bit, a few ideas and and just trying to try things out and you know because you are you're in the right environment where basically. You try something if it doesn't work you, you know you don't kind of like lick your wounds for two weeks and then try try another open spot you've got another show that day if if uh, sorry the next day if not the same day depending on how many how many kind of things you signed up to yeah and, and so and so just by doing by doing you know the anything over and over again for for like a, a week or a week and a half period you're going to be you know all right at it and it's going to be actually something quite quite probably quite good by the end of it so if you do a month of that the uh, the improvement can be can be great and then so imagine going to see a show at the beginning of the fringe and the show at the end of the fringe and just seeing seeing you know the, the difference and, but you you're quite you're quite fine after you did your edinburgh run yes yeah, so, so obviously from and and probably in the same way as, as your your friends i kind of was a bit cocky and and didn't do as quite as much as uh, preparation as i should have done and because uh, it is you know it's quite it's quite a difficult uh, it, Everywhere is kind of, especially down sort of London way. Everywhere, everyone's trying to do their, their Edinburgh preview at the same time, and so just trying to book out somewhere is about you know another another five grand. It's a, it's another major expense. Everyone thinks they're going they're going to go up and they're going to make it and it's going to be amazing, but then you kind of go up and you realise that you're performing to like three people in in a room, um, sometimes less than that, and and you're doing and and you just realise that all right, this is it. This is it. This is what I've got to do. And you put you you just just put everything in into that performance, and then those two people like it, and then the next time, hopefully, you get next day you get a few more people in, and uh, and those three, those more people like it, and then kind of building it from there, and and you kind of work out what works, what doesn't work, what you know what you can get away with, what you can't get away with, uh, and it kind of de develops you as as a, as a kind of performer and a writer, I think. Whereas, whereas, you know, people from from your friends obviously had massive stage fright and kind of thought that that yeah, uh, we are doing Edinburgh, we're going to be like the champions of comedy just from doing this one Edinburgh festival, and and and, and then you know then but obviously they 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 grew into it and by the, by the end of their run it sounded like they were they were kind of at quite a good place. Yeah, but he doesn't do comedy anymore. So, you know, so you can see the long term value of what he did, which is good. <laughs> but I did it once. <laughs> so it's a vagina monologue, monologue with cock and balls. Yeah, it was it was literal. Are you going to do your 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 woke Asian guy final thought a bit like Joe Springer? 
Yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, well, the only wokey conclusion is stay in your lane and edit your podcast, you f***ing freaks. That's pretty much <laughs> what it is. We've only actually gone through half the things that pissed me off. So in episode 31, I'm going to carry on with the other kind of like things I want to talk about with you, Egg White, because I want your perspective on that. Anyway, it's a goodbye from me and it's a goodbye from Egg White. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye and I love you, Alabama. Caucasian guy. And Egg White. <laughs>